You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 261 with Krista St. Germain. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hi, you guys. So I am super excited to talk to you about what I've been up to. So if you've missed me talking about becoming a life and weight loss coach, um, listen up because for my listeners and the people who subscribe to my email list, I am offering a free 30-minute mini coaching session. That means no strings attached. All you need to do is call me and we will talk through what's going on with you. And if you don't feel like it's a good fit to keep going, there, there's no risk. It's completely free. I would love to meet you. I would love to hear what's going on in your lives. Um, you guys, when I meet you and I talk to you, not only could I talk to you in regards to being a coach, but it also helps me figure out what topics I need to talk about on the podcast to help you guys, okay? But the reason I did become a coach is to help you beyond the podcast. And my passion is to help women um, lose weight and keep it off. I know it's so daunting as we get into the holidays that people kind of freak out and they're like, I'm going to gain the weight and then I'm starting the new year and then I need to lose the weight. And I want to help you guys. I want to figure out with you how you can lose weight or at least maintain your weight so that you're not starting January, 2022 feeling like you let yourself down. If you don't know my story in 2019, I lost over 50 pounds and I've maintained that weight within about 10 pounds for two years. And so I have personal experience in this. I know what it's like. I know how daunting it feels. I know how it feels when you're like, oh my gosh, how many times do I need to start this? And what if I don't like succeed? What if I fail again? And I understand. So I love helping moms with this. And I also help moms with other things too. But today I'm going to just be talking about the weight loss and I'm speaking to you. So if you are struggling with that, reach out, sign up for a free mini coaching session. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, click the coaching tab, find a day and time that works for you. You guys, if you cannot find a time that works for you, email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com and we will figure something out because I do want to meet you. Um, I would love to get to know you and um, I would love to coach with you. That would be great. It is my passion. I want to be able to help as many moms out there live the life that they really want to live and also just hit their goals and go after their dreams. And sometimes you guys... It's easy to feel like you just don't know how to take that first step, or maybe you don't feel like you have the confidence, or you feel like you're not good enough. And I want to tell you that if you sign up or not, that you are, and that you just need to believe in yourself. But if you don't believe in yourself and you need help, that is what I'm here for. I'm here to walk alongside of you while you go after your dreams. All right, you guys, let's go to the show. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Krista on the show today. This topic can be a little bit challenging, but as we approach the holidays, I wanted to have Krista on because not only does she share her journey on how she became a widow, but she also is a life coach to widows that are moms. And so I thought she's the perfect person to come on our show and just give us suggestions on how do we navigate the holidays if we've lost someone? And if you haven't lost someone, but you are close to someone who has, this is such a great episode because I think it will give you a little bit of a glance into the world of someone who has lost someone. And so that you might be able to show up, you know, better 
or in a way that you would like to for them. Um, some of the things that we were talking about is how to support our kids if they've lost someone. Um, what do you do with traditions, you know, around the holidays? Do you keep them? Do you start new ones? Also, what is like, what's the best way to show up for someone close that has lost someone? I think it's so easy to not say anything because you're like, I don't know if that's the right thing to say. So then you say nothing. And then also to not forget about those people. It's so, um, I think easy to be there at the beginning and then it kind of fades off, but grief hits us in waves. So, um, if you know of someone who is grieving, please share this episode with them. Um, if you know someone, um, that could, use this as like, maybe they are close to someone, this would give them some great insight. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. If you have lost someone, um, I hope you feel encouraged with this episode. All right, you guys, let's go to the show. Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure. So happy to be here, Amber. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. And so I wanted to ask you, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self, if it be like really young or in your twenties or even being, uh, before being a mom, what would you pick? Can I, can I write myself a book? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I have lots of things. You know, I think one of the things I really struggled with at a certain point in life was thinking I was supposed to be happier than I was and thinking that happiness was the goal. And I just racked my brain and read all the books about how to be happier. And this has nothing to do with grief, right? But um, I wish that I had known that the goal wasn't to be happy all the time and that there was nothing wrong with me for not being happy all the time. Yeah, I actually like that you said that. Um, That's not something that people normally say. And so what do you think it was that really kind of made you realize that's not the goal of life to be happy? At a certain point, I... I started to understand the value of all of the emotions Mm. and I started to see how the idea came to me, how I was being sold at every turn on happiness and how that was a huge part of consumer culture. And, and I just started realizing, oh, actually, you know, we're supposed to feel all of the emotions and I don't want to just limit myself to, you know, this one narrow band of happiness, but I want to be open to the whole entire human experience. And that doesn't mean being happy all the time. That means actually being present with how you really do feel. And especially as a young parent, I was not happy a lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) I was not one of those moms Mm -hmm. who, yeah, who, who parenting came naturally to. And I just wish I had known that it was okay, that I didn't have to feel bad about not being happier. Yeah. I love that. Well, and two, because we're talking about grief, I think it is very easy to feel like, oh, you just need to kind of pull it together and, you know, be positive. And, you know, people don't, you don't want to be like the Eeyore of, you know, the group and just kind of be like, oh yeah, life sucks. I don't know. And I do think there is this balance to being happy and then, but also being really negative. Like, and I think people, I think people, it's, it's either one or the other, which that's kind of what you're saying. Like, no, there's all these emotions. And so I think people think, well, if you're not being happy, you're kind of being negative and that's not necessarily the case. And so, um, I love that you said that and I could talk about that for a long time, but I will move on. Um, so how about you share with us your first and last name, where you live, how many kids you have and their ages? Yeah. So Krista St. Germain and I live in Wichita, Kansas. So right smack in the middle of the country. And I have two kids. My daughter is about to turn 18 here next week, actually. Wow. And then my son is 14. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So how about you share with us, Krista, um, how you got to where you are today? So meaning like 
you're, you've come on the show to talk about grief. So just share with us a little bit of your story and then we'll just kind of jump into the interview. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where the direction your life took was not the direction you mm-hmm. intended your life to take. So yeah. I um, was on my second marriage, actually my first marriage ended in flames. <laughs> Um, second marriage was the redemption story, kind of the knight in shining armor. And we, we had been on a trip together. We were coming back and I had a flat tire and he went to help me change the tire on my car. We had driven separately. He was parked behind me on the interstate and, um, no warning at all. A driver who we later found out had meth and alcohol in his system crashed into the back of my husband's car and trapped him him (gasps) in between his car and my car. Wow. Yeah, it was and I was kind of standing off to the side of the road, texting my daughter to tell her that we'd oh be late. Yeah. And so just, you know, less than a day, right. It's just everything you thought you wanted wow. and had available to you in the future is like gone. And so, yeah, I was 40. Wow. And <laughs> right. <laughs> I like have Hello, the chills, well, especially because it's very like traumatic too, like that he's oh, trapped. It was. And you're standing there. Yeah. I mean, I like that's just very visual it's and like yeah, stuff of nightmares. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. stuff of nightmares. Wow. And so, um, so there's just nothing like a loss like that that yeah. that makes you look at your life and wonder if you're living it the way that you want. Mm. And so, you know, I went of course immediately to therapy. Back to therapy. I had a great therapist from my divorce before and. And was able to to process it, to kind of come to terms with it, to get through the major traumatic aspects of it and get back to work, right? And we had worked together at the same company. And so I was back at work and everyone was telling me how great I was doing and how strong I was. And I wasn't feeling great or strong, right? I was functioning. I was surviving, but I was feeling hollow and robotic and you know, just not at all what I, what I really wanted. And so I, it just happened, just happened that the coach that I had been following, right. Brooke Castillo, um, I'd been listening to her podcast and it just happened that she launched a program right about the time that I was feeling so hollow, but I was, you know, functioning, coming up for air. And so I had never been coached before and I joined her program and it just, changed everything for me. It, you know, it gave me what I was looking for in terms of tools that helped me figure out what I wanted to do with my life and tools that helped me understand how to navigate all the emotions I was feeling and stop numbing myself. And, um, and and I just loved it so much that I decided, okay, I don't really want to work in, you know, aviation. I, I was managing project engineers, you know, to do upgrades on business jets and, oh, wow. It was a well-paying job, yeah, but I didn't love it. Yeah, you know, it didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't light me up, right? And coaching lit me up, yeah, right. And so I just decided, okay, life is short, and I this is not what I was meant to do. You know, I'm meant to do something else, and so I'm going to go. I'm going to go pursue this other thing and flash, you know, forward to where we are. That was five and a half years ago. And that's what I do full time is, is help widowed moms figure out how to love life again. Cause there's this, there's this idea that after loss, we're supposed to just kind of settle for a new normal, which, yeah. which is like code for saying, resign yourself to what you don't really want in your life. Wow. And yeah. that's just like fingernails on a chalkboard yeah. to me. I can't handle it. Right. <laughs> right? It's just yes. so not 
what post-traumatic growth teaches is available to mm. all of us, no matter whether we've lost a spouse or had some other sort of yeah. trauma or loss. And so, yeah, I'm on kind of on fire now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and you know, we were talking mm. about this before the recording is, you know, I, I lost my dad last September and so you and I both went to the same certification um, school, life coach school with Brooke Castillo. And I think too, especially with COVID and all that kind of stuff, and he didn't die from COVID, but um, I think that kind of really just set in my mind, like, okay, life is short. And are you doing mm -hmm. what you really want to be doing? I really love helping moms. That's why I do the podcast. So I totally relate with what you're saying. Like you left aviation and all that kind of stuff, even though you had a good paying job, but was it lighting you up? And so for me, it's like life is short. So I knew I'm like, I need to do this. And, and, and that's one of the big reasons that pushed me to sign up to, um, do certification in January. And, um, just because I saw like, just looking at my parents and then realizing like my dad's now gone and, you know, like, am I living mm -hmm. the life that I want to live? And when I'm in my seventies, looking back, did I make the decisions that I'm going to feel good yeah. about. So, um, yeah, so I love that you shared that. Um, so jumping into that, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come on is just to kind of talk about the holidays as, as it starts, you know, approaching, mm -hmm. um, and you know, people just having a hard time with that, or sometimes people don't even realize they're having a hard time with it. They may be kind mm -hmm. of like feeling like they're in a funk and they haven't connected the two. So I wanted to ask you, um, how do we handle, um, you know, when things just kind of come at us, like around the holidays, like what's the best way to support ourselves, you know, when you just kind of feel like you're in a funk and, and it's a time of the year too, that, you know, people kind of go back, it goes back to the happiness, right? Everyone expects you to be happy. So I think there's a little bit of this turmoil of trying to be like, it's the holidays. I mean, we should be happy and all that, but then you're kind of like, yeah, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to deal with this and, and I don't know what to do. So what is your thoughts on supporting yourself during that? Yeah, we put so much pressure on ourselves, don't we? Just around the holidays in general, I think even without grief, mm. we just put so much pressure on having the perfect holidays or, you know, feeling good around the holidays. And it's kind of a recipe for misery, especially when something challenging has happened in life. So, so yeah, I think it's, it starts with just letting yourself feel how you feel, right? Just not judging and telling yourself that you should feel differently than you do. Mm because yeah. that just makes you feel worse than you already feel. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so just letting yourself feel how you feel and not making it mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're doing it wrong or that it's never going to get better or that you should be further along than you are, you know, just know sometimes, you know, humans hurt and especially yeah. grieving humans and it's okay to hurt and it's okay to have the holidays and be hurting. I was going to ask you, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, time heals. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Like from your experience and also coaching people. <laughs> if you could see me, you would see my I heard, eyes rolling. I heard you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, what I think is useful about that idea is that when you're in that like pit yeah. and you can't see any light, that it can be reassuring to know that you're not always going to be in that pit. Mm. And so, yes, it will get better. And time doesn't actually heal, right? Mm. Time just sits there. Yeah. So 
So if we think that time in and of itself just has to pass in order for us to feel better, and as time passes, we're just kind of gritting our way through or ignoring our emotions or not taking good care of ourselves, right? We're numbing out with behaviors and we're distracting ourselves from our our emotions, it's really frustrating for time to pass. And then you realize you don't feel any better than you Mm. did or you feel worse. Yeah. So yes, you, you will feel better, but let's also not just wait for time to pass. Let's actually take care of ourselves and let the feelings that need to be felt, you know, do that work Yeah. so that we can support ourselves. And yeah, I see so many, you know, because I work with widows specifically, there's this big myth around the first year, like something magical. I think people think something magical is going to happen once you've survived all the firsts mm. and it's just not true. Yeah. And so if you're expecting, you know, that the first year is the hardest and you just grit your way through it, oh. then sometimes it's really depressing when you get to the second year and you realize so that, oh, actually all of those feelings just yeah. waited for me and it's actually not any easier. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, so. To not like just grit your way through it. Kind of like I always think about that with mm-hmm. weight loss, you know, just don't white knuckle through to get down to your weight and then expect everything to be amazing when you're at your goal weight. <laughs> like if you haven't figured it out exactly. and process it through it, through that journey. Yeah. I was going to yeah, ask. And that's a great, oh, that's a, yeah. a great analogy. No, yeah. just because you like, you think about, you know, if like loving your body is just yes. such a brilliant example of that. If you think you have to change your body in order to love it, yeah. you're, you're going to work really hard to change it, but you'll change it and you still won't love it. Right. And so it's the same way with, you know, loving your life again after, after loss, you think that just time needs to pass or, you know, you need to be in a new relationship or something outside of you has to change, but really it's all inner work. Yeah. And if we don't do the inner work, we're just going to be disappointed every time. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you about like, just the holidays in itself, like spending the holidays and, and, you know, maybe the traditions that you have and, you know, just how painful that can be. Like, so like, especially if that person had a really big role in something, you know, like maybe it's Mm -hmm. making a certain pie together or, you know, they dress up as Santa Claus for all the grandkids or, or whatever it may be. So what is your thoughts with like trying to keep the traditions, creating new ones, like, you know, just trying to figure out, you don't want to run away from everything. And then you, so you're trying to honor the person, but then you're just kind of like, I don't know if this is good to try to do this with a different person. Like, what is your thoughts on all of this? Yeah. I think you have to allow yourself to kind of trust that you know what's best mm-hmm. and that what's best might change from year to year, right? So no pressure on doing things the way they were always done or no pressure on creating new rituals. Just what would feel good to you this year? And maybe that means this year you don't spend the holidays in the same house that you've always spent mm-hmm. them because a change of scenery would feel good to you. Or maybe it does mean that you don't, you know, want to get a change of scenery and you want to spend time in an environment that you find comforting, right? That might be different for me, you know, compared to my neighbor. Yeah. But I know what feels good to me. And if I can say, okay, I'm, I, I have permission to do this in a way that feels good to me. And I will not make myself feel guilty about whatever decisions I make, right? I will not should on myself. Yes. Yeah. Then we can just lighten up and let it kind of unfold without putting all of these 
hard and fast, arbitrary rules on how we're supposed to do it. I was going to ask you, did you find that like you had to do some things and then realize, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like, so like after the first year, maybe the second, maybe you thought you would be okay. And then you're kind of like, yeah, let's scratch this. Like, like you kind of needed to do it to see if it was going to bother you or not. Or did you just kind of know beforehand that you needed to keep doing the same thing or totally moving on? Cause I'm just trying to think if people are like, I don't know, like, how will I be? And I'm thinking, well, you may just have to do trial and error to see if that really did feel good or not. What's your thoughts? Yeah. And it might evolve and change as you go. Right. So yeah, you might find right. that, that today you, you think, you know, you're, you're totally up for something that tomorrow you're not up for, or next year doesn't feel as good to you. And so, you know, if we can just not make it so hard and fast and just let it, you know, ebb and flow and we learn as we go, yeah, it's just a much gentler experience without all of that pressure. Yeah. I wanted to talk about kids. So, and like how to help them around, especially around the holidays and, you know, how do you show up best for them? Like what, what did you find that worked for you and, and just, Mm -hmm. and what, and, and helping all of your clients? Yeah. So it's kind of almost easier to tell you some of the things I see people doing that they think are helpful that aren't. Okay, cool. Um, because I, I I see that a lot, right? Yeah, let's do that we tell ourselves that we need to be strong in front of our children. And I think there's a balance to be found, right? So we don't really want to be having like tsunami wailing out of control (laughs) breakdowns in front of our children. Yeah. Yeah. But also we don't want to go so far to the extreme of being quote unquote strong Mm. that our children get the impression that we don't have emotions, right? That they are alone in their feelings. And the more we can be honest about how we're feeling and normalize those emotions for our children, then the more we give them permission to feel how they feel, right? Because there's this kind of idea that you're supposed to be strong and you're supposed to be, you know, if you're going to have negative emotion, you, you, sh- you know, go, go cry alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so then then our kids are looking at us going, well, is it okay for me to feel how I feel? Because mom doesn't seem to be sad. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And is it okay for me to be happy or does that mean I'm doing something wrong? And so just letting feelings be a part of our conversation, not be something that we hide, something that we normalize. We also don't try to change other people's feelings. We don't try to make our kids feel better right? We acknowledge that feelings aren't problems. They're just experiences and they're very much a valid part of, of life and especially of grief. So it's not, Oh, you know, daddy's watching over you or don't be sad, right? It's mommy's sad too, right? I miss him too. And it's okay for us to miss him. And it's okay for us to talk about him. And it's okay for us to smile if we feel like Mm, smiling, right? It's all okay. And so it's normalizing, that instead of creating this experience, which is isolating. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, the, you know, kids do take cues from you. Like for me, when my dad died, I mean, I think that's the most I've ever cried. Yeah. I think ever. And yeah. and then my girls got to see that. Like my youngest could detect when I was going to start crying. Like she could see, because I'd be uh-huh. talking about something uh-huh. and it makes me want, it, it kind of makes me tear up. And normally I yeah. don't, but 
he was just sick. And so I'd always pray with her about him. And then I found myself praying for him even after he passed. And then it would make me cry because Mm -hmm. I realized he's already Mm -hmm. gone. And so just those kind of moments and then letting them see you. And like, I mean, they probably were like, whoa, I've never seen mom like this. But like you said, I don't Mm -hmm. want them to feel like I'm a robot and that I didn't care. Um, but yeah, like, cause I think there's so many times that we think as adults, we have to be the strong one that we have to kind of be like, don't show any emotion, but then it kind of gives them permission when they see that you're sad and stuff like that. So I think that is really important. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's also a really great opportunity to have conversations with your kids about where feelings come from. You know, my little guy, Um, he used to say all the time when I was sad, he would say, you know, something like, mommy, you're sad. I want to make you feel happy. Right. mm -hmm. And, and so to be able to use that as an opportunity to say, buddy, this is what, this is my conversation with them, buddy. Like you can't make mommy happy. It's not your job, right? Mm. Only mommy can make mommy happy. You can make you happy and I can make me happy, but you can't make me happy and you can't make me sad, right? My emotions are mine and your emotions are yours. And it's okay for me to be sad, but it's not something you did and it's not something you can change. And just really from a young, as young of an age as possible, I think if we can help, help them understand that their feelings are, your feelings are not their fault and your feelings are not theirs to change and vice versa, we're really setting them up, um, you know, for emotional adulthood later. Yeah. I really do love that. And making that a point because I could see how kids would want to try to fix it or like, Oh my gosh, I got to fix you. So, and I think sometimes that's why parents don't let them see them kind of break down because they don't want them to feel like they need to fix it. But instead of hiding it, it's like what you just said, it's like giving them a learning opportunity to be like, yeah, you don't have to fix me. It's totally okay. And so I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what is your thoughts? You know, um, I know this from uh, with Life Coach School and having relationships and, and the relationships are all about like in your mind, like what you like, how you feel about someone else. But I want you mm-hmm. to explain this in regards to someone dying and then still mm-hmm. having kind of a relationship with them. And people may be like, whoa, where is she going with this? Um, and uh, you know, I've heard people talk about this with their grandparents. They're like, I still have a relationship with them, you know, and, and that kind of, it could seem a little bit like, what do you mean? So I would love for you to explain like what that looks like. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you a little story that just when it really clicked for me, um, because you're right, it, the, you know, our relationships really are determined by how we think about another person and whether or not we think in ways that make us feel connected or we think in ways that make us feel separate or loving or, you know, however, um, we have a cabin in Colorado and it was my husband's favorite place to go. And so a couple of years after he died, I was out there and my daughter and I were sitting in the cabin. We were looking at the view and my parents had built this cabin. They were building it when Hugo died. And so so he had been in it a little bit, but never in it when it was completed mm. um, it, because they had built a new cabin on the same property. Anyway, oh. so I was looking at the view and I turned to my daughter and I said, I said, I wish Hugo were here, mm. um, you know, because he would really like this. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? She said, mommy, he is here. Mm. And it was like at that moment where I realized, oh, <laughs> and I was already a coach at that yeah. point right? She's feeling connected to him Um, because she's decided to believe that he's here. Yeah. 
right? I'm over here feeling disconnected from him Mm. because I've accidentally unknowingly decided to believe (laughs) he's not here. Right. And we're in the same place having completely different relationships with him because of the way that we're thinking. And so that's when it really hit home to me that actually you can feel close and connected Mm. or any way you want to feel towards anyone, whether they're you know, alive and halfway across the country or in the room next door or, you know, have passed away. And, you know, it it really is something we get, we have the ability as humans to create for ourselves. Yeah. And I think people think, um, you know, having a relationship with someone, they have to be alive. And and it kind of goes back to like how you both were having two different thoughts about it and Mm -hmm. that they don't have to be alive. Cause I mean, it's not a matter of, like just sitting next to you physically uh, to have a relationship. And like you mentioned, it's like, because if you had somebody who was alive and didn't live near you, you still have a relationship with them, even though they may never be sitting next to you, you know, like they may never come to your house, you, you, all that, and you have relationships with them. So I love that. Um, especially for the holidays, you know, and, and that, um, that their presence still lives on and stuff like that. And, and that you don't have to just completely, be like, they're gone. And, you know, I can never think about them in a certain way or feel like I have a relationship with them. Um, okay. So Krista, we're almost at the end of the show, but I did want to ask you, um, I feel like it can be so challenging for people to show up for loved ones. If it be friends or a spouse or anyone actually, Mm -hmm. especially if they've never lost anyone close to them. Um, like how do you, how do you recommend people showing up for people? Um, when they just don't know what to do or say or act. Yeah. I did a whole podcast episode on this because <laughs> I, I, this is such a common question, right? Yeah. We are in a very, um, grief unaware, you know, culture, and most of us are very uncomfortable with grief and death. And so of course we don't really know how to, how to handle it when somebody else is hurting. And so the first thing I would say is cut yourself some slack, right? Give yourself some grace. You're probably not going to say it perfectly. You're probably going to wish later you had said it differently and that's okay. What, what is really hard though, for someone who is grieving is to not have anything said to them, right? When you're worried that, Oh, I don't want to bring it up because, you know, maybe they're not thinking about it. And if I bring it up, then, you know, that will make them feel worse. No, that is not the case. They are guaranteed their loss is much more on the front of their mind than it is on yours. They have not forgotten. And to be acknowledged, right, to talk about their person, to let them know that you're thinking of them or thinking about, you know, what happened is actually not at all what we worry it will be. It's actually very comforting. Also, I think we, we tend, because we aren't very comfortable with other people feeling uncomfortable, we want to swoop in and fix it. Yes. And so we say some things from a well-intentioned place because, um, we see people suffering and in pain and we don't want that. And so we try to make them feel better, but usually that backfires. And so if you can remind yourself that emotions aren't problems, right? How another person feels does not mean it, it it's something has gone wrong right their pro- their emotions are not problems for you to fix which means all of those platitudes that we're so used to hearing and saying you know they're in a better place and you know you're young and this was part of you know a bigger plan and there's more fish in the sea and all these things that we say 
because we don't want the other person to hurt, actually are just received as minimizing how they feel. And so to just say, I'm so sorry, I love you, I'm here, right? We're not trying to make you feel better. We're acknowledging that it sucks and we're with you in the suck. Yeah. But we're not minimizing how your experience or how you feel. And we're also not comparing it to our past experiences, right? Even, even as someone who's lost her husband, I don't compare my loss to another widow's loss because they're mm. different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think too. And so I never say, oh, I, mm-hmm. I know how you feel because yeah. I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, I think that's the thing too. Like you realize that you can't do anything to help someone feel better. And I think that is where that gets challenging. So then people don't know what to do. And I, and so I like that you said, you know, I love you. I'm here. And, um, also I think for me, what I've learned is to be careful on like asking quite lots of questions, like, you know, that Mm -hmm. like don't overload them. Like you're, it's more just kind of letting them know you're there. Um, I think where it might get tricky. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts with just your personal, um, experience is, you know, people want to kind of check back in. So like you get the first wave of people and then Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, okay, but now what do I say? It's like, how am I texting Mm -hmm. you? You know, it's a week later and you're kind of like, I don't know what to say, but I want to show up in your life. I want you to know any thoughts on that. Like what to say that actually feels like, (laughs) I don't know. I want to say good, but like, yeah, I would love to hear what your your thoughts are. You know, sometimes just even a, Hey, no need to respond. Mm. I just wanted you to know I was thinking of you today. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I'm here. Yes. Right. Just sending a little love your way today. Yeah. Right. Just, just, just remembering you today. And I'm telling you, you're right. That initial rush that happens when everybody comes out of the woodwork and sends you a card or sends you flowers or whatever, then it dissipates. And then, you know, that person usually feels like they've been forgotten. And so those little texts or cards or notes or, you know, my, my friend, Ashley, she will, she's just randomly, she'll just, just putting a little love in your bucket. You know, that's what she'll text me. Just putting a little love in your bucket. And it's little things like that where you you don't have to start a major conversation. Yeah, or how right. are you really doing? Tell me, right, you know, right. no, just thinking of you, just yeah. want you to know, I love you. Hey, cheering you on from, you know, over here in Kansas or yeah. whatever. I love that. Well, Krista, I could keep talking to you, but I know you got to go and I appreciate you coming on the show today. It was really great talking with you. Absolutely. My pleasure, Amber. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have not signed up for a free mini coaching session, make sure to go do that at mominspiredshow.com. Just click the coaching tab, find a day and time that works best for you. If you don't find anything that works for you, email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com. If you have any questions, you can email me and ask away. I would love to meet you and just hear what is going on in your life. What obstacles are you running up against? Um, What would you love to hear more on the show? Um, So go ahead and do that today. And if you haven't subscribed to my email list, you can do that at mominspiredshow.com. Enter your name and email. That way you will get every episode at your fingertips every week. You won't have to go looking for links or show notes. It will be all there. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 